0: it should have been an absolutely huge week of and yeah we we were all geared up the farm was full um and just to mow all that produce then and lose it after having done all the work to get it to this point
1: that's that's rough (laughs) we know that climate change is causing epic weather. I don't know if epic is the right word, dramatic weather, more extreme weather, and it is impacting our farmers. They are really on the front line of so many of these impacts. I know that we can never say that one particular weather event has been caused by climate change, but when they continue to flow in, literally, uh, yeah, we cannot help but join the dots. I'm talking today to Chloe Fox from Somerset Heritage Farm. We chatted to Chloe just over a year ago, October 2022, when floods last impacted her property. It's happened again. Chloe, welcome to Dirty Linen. Hi, Danny. How are things at Somerset?
0: Uh, they're looking a little different to they did last this time last week. Um, yeah, so on Monday. The Goulburn River, well, we had a, a massive rainfall event and the Goulburn River broke its banks for the second time in 15 months.
1: And what impact has that had on your farm and your beautiful vegetables?
0: So uh, our farm was completely inundated. All of our crops went underwater. Um, we were, it, the flood peaked about a metre lower than the last time, Um so we've had a lot less infrastructure damage, but we're going to lose 90% of our crops. Um, some of them look fine in the ground, and um, but it's actually just not safe to consume them. So we're essentially mowing in 90% of our crops. We'll be able to save a few fruiting ones that haven't been too affected by the flow of the river or like a silt on the leaves. Uh, so we're removing... Uh, the, like, tomato um, fruit on the plant at the moment and the zucchinis and squash and things like that and then regrowth on those plants will be hopefully safe. Well, it, it'll be safe to eat. Hopefully the plants will survive.
1: What? Um, tell, talk us through your mindset and the way you were feeling as the waters rose. Um I mean, you've been through this not that long ago and when we spoke to you, it was devastating, but you were full of optimism and resolve. Uh, yeah, how, how have you been feeling about this latest event?
0: Um, in so many ways, it, like, it looks like it, it was um, less of a bad flood, but for us, it's almost actually more devastating because of the time of year it's come at. So we have a lot less repair work to do, but we're in the peak of our summer season. We had so much produce just ready to go. Um, it should be, yeah, it should have been an absolutely huge week of, and yeah, we, we were all geared up. The farm was full. Um, and just to mow all that produce in and lose it after
1: having done all the work to get it to this point, that's, that's rough. <laughs> What's the financial impact of these losses? Well, we're going to
0: lose the most profitable time of the year completely. Um, I again, I haven't done the actual maths on it yet, um, but I would predict uh, we're we're getting into the two hundred to three hundred thousand dollar mark of um, productive crop loss, and yeah.
1: And potential, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's. I'm devastated to hear that. I mean, you're a, you're a small f- farm. Um, you know, people love your produce, uh, and there's an abundance to it. But um, you're not a big farmer. I mean, how do you how do you work through that?
0: Uh, so we're like, there's a few different things we can we can do to get things growing again as fast as possible um we'll do some like the fast turnaround crops and really focus on them and really maximize the the peak of summer that we have left um it is just sort of emotionally yeah taxing but look I'm I'm still determined to do this. Like we, we do love what we do. We've had an incredible 15 months since the last flood. We've just, we had one We're coming off the back of one of the best springs I've ever done. Well, I know it was the best spring we've ever done at the farm. Um, yeah, we've produced a lot of food in that time. I know we can go back to doing that. Um, we just need to,
1: yeah, get it happening again, I guess. How do you how do, you do it um, knowing that it might all happen again? Um,
0: okay, so the way I think about it is that food productive, like land that's good for growing food on in Australia is primarily land that is vulnerable to flood. We can't just stop farming on land that might one day flood. It's scary to think that it's going to happen more and more often if we don't especially if we're not really getting a handle on climate change. I'm very aware of that. And it's not even necessarily flood. It's these more extreme um, rainfall events in general. They can be very damaging. Um, Yeah, the the extremes of weather are really going to hit farming the hardest. Um, But, yeah, like I said, so much of farmland and farming in general, it's vulnerable to climate change and extreme weather and if we all just give up because of that we won't have anything left to eat like nobody's going to do this and yeah we won't have any land worth growing on
1: what other uh impacts have you heard um around you like who else has been affected by this latest flood
0: yeah so i know a lot of farmers that have been affected um for example, well, one of the things that's going to hold us back a little bit in getting um, plants back into the ground, there's a large seedling supplier, Pirtles, um, over near Bendigo. Uh, we would um, order seedlings for them. They, they're sort of a production seedling nursery that always has crops, so you can order from like a weekly list just on spec. Uh, those guys were absolutely wiped out in the flood. They also had an extreme hail um, storm that, has taken out a bunch of their greenhouses. So I know, like us, they're immediately replanting, but that means there is a lag before we can get seedlings from them. Uh, We are really lucky to have some seedlings coming from the Veggie Empire, our great mates there, Um, and we've got them on order and we're ramping up orders with them, Um, but there will be that little lag. So I know also the Veggie Empire has been like they've had – Heavy inundations on their crops. We've got other farmers like Plenty Value Produce, our great mates Michael and Sam. Um, they're a lot of their farm, like, whilst not actually being uh flooded by a river, they've had so much sitting water, they've been pumping water out of their pumpkin patch, just desperately trying to save anything. Michael said he's likely lost all of his carrots. They've, there's just all sorts of knock on things, like, it's not even whether your farms completely submerged, it's whether your, fa- your crops can survive through an extreme, uh, yeah, extreme weather event, whether that's rain or hail or
1: anything else. Are there crops that you would think hard about reinvesting in simply because they take longer to grow and therefore are more likely to be hit by some kind of weather event?
0: Um, yes and no. There are some... Like I already don't grow uh, a lot of – well, I don't grow much of a lot of things that either take up too much space. Like we're only a four-acre farm, so I'm not going to grow hundreds of cauliflowers every year, Um, and they also take longer. Um, Yeah, like we we definitely – and a big part of our business is sort of leafy salad greens and high turnaround crops as it is. Like we have so much demand for them, and I know – like, it's really that can be an absolutely huge part of our business. Um, so, by focusing on them, um, and like, if you do lose one of those successions due to a weather event, like m- maybe not an extreme flood, but you might get hit by a storm that, or, or yeah, it, one of those crops gets wiped out, you can have another one up and going at this time of year in three to four weeks. So, by focusing on those sort of things. As the bulk of our business, and then thinking about, um, yeah, everything else is
1: sort of yeah the yeah the other the other crops. <laughs> I I would be I would completely understand if when you come back to market you raised prices because you've incurred such um, heavy losses. Mm. Is that how you're thinking about it? And I mean, more generally, do you think that? This is one of the um, the flow ons to consumers from these weather events? It definitely is. Um, look, for us, we've really,
0: like, with inflation, like, our costs, and even without the floods, have gone up so much in the past few years. And we've really um, not raised prices very much. It's an area of, well, the business side of the farm definitely isn't my favorite part and um, we're not great at like, I don't think many small vegetable farmers are great capitalists, um, but yeah, we, we do just across the board possibly has to look at raising our prices and really working out like where the the value point, like quantifying the labor and the the inputs and everything that it takes to get that crop to market and, saying, is this a fair price point for us to be setting or do we need to look at it higher? Um, we, we pay, like, yeah, award wages. We want to make sure that everyone on the farm has secure employment and, yeah, a, a good living wage. And, yeah, we need to look at things like raising prices if that's going to continue. If every other part of the economy is going to do it, we probably have to too.
1: Absolutely, um, Chloe. I often see you at the Elwood Farmers Market, and um, I really enjoyed the zucchini flowers that I brought bought from you just before Christmas. They were they were fantastic. Um, you know, you so what kinds of conversations do you have with consumers that you you know you 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 grow the produce, you pick the produce, you you deliver it straight to the people who are going to eat it. Do you do you feel like um yeah? What I mean, what kind of conversations do you have? So I feel for us, um, we're incredibly lucky with our
0: clientele. Our our customer base is so incredibly supportive as a whole where um, we see a lot of the same people every week. They come to us because they're searching for like, they want to eat that seasonally different food. They're not just looking for the same three staple vegetables year round or anything like that. They're, they're letting their cooking and their Um, yeah, the way they be driven by the the produce, um, which is beautiful. Um, They also seem to appreciate the work it takes to get there. Um, I know it's not true as a, a, like maybe as a general um, statement across the vegetable industry, like for most veggie growers, but because we have that face-to-face contact every week, we, we We get to really build those strong bonds with our customers and that's chefs at restaurants as well as at markets. Um, We do really feel that appreciation. Um, I've had very little pushback on um, pricing generally. Um, Again, like we haven't actually raised our prices very much at all but also people appreciate that that produce that they're spending money on It's the best quality we've done. We've tried to look after the environment. We've looked after our our employees. We've, yeah, like, I think people do appreciate that, and that is this. It gives them a sense of value as well. Mm,
1: Absolutely. And what what kinds of conversations have you had with chefs and restaurants over the past week since you incurred these losses?
0: Um, uh, they've been incredible. Um yeah everyone's devastated like they know well a it's some of the most exciting produce time of the year should be starting right now um and yeah like we we do uh send a lot of produce into restaurants around melbourne and like we do have a really good relationship with them all um we're so excited with what they do with our produce so yeah um Yeah, we've had so many offers of support again this time and um, people offering to come up and volunteer for a day. We've actually got some people coming out tomorrow morning um, for our first little mini working bee day and also like in the worst way but like we'd love to just um, have people connect with our farm in good times (laughs) and I think that's something. I I said it last time and then you get busy and you forget to – yeah maintain it but yeah working out ways to have our chefs or our wider customer um, community get get to see the farm have a connection with it maybe do some planting every once in a while I think that's that is a a bonus that is something really positive for us
1: what are some of the jobs that need to be done in the working bee uh so tomorrow well
0: (laughs) I'm going around today and mowing in i've already mowed in a lot of crops um i'm going to yeah tackle mowing in the weediest ones first <laughs> and um emotionally i'm struggling to mow in some of the um perfect looking crops so i'll just leave them sitting there until we need that space back at least their roots in the soil um but yeah we'll be turning beds so we can hopefully get some seedlings in the ground tomorrow we'll plant i need to we don't want to leave the land bare um bare as much as possible so we're just trying to get roots in the soil there's a back block that i had just recently opened up um for the first time since the last floods Uh, most of the produce up there is completely wiped out so we're going to plant a big bed of sunflowers tomorrow um which will make us all feel better (laughs) and it'll be able to be visible from the road as you drive into town which will be nice Uh, We need to just do things like general weeding. We haven't been able to keep on top of um, some weeding uh, in the heavy rains before the flood and everything sort of exploded. The weeds tend to grow much faster than any plant that you actually want to grow. Um, So just uncovering them, we've got, a heap of mulch that's been picked up and moved and it's on top of our rhubarb crop. So we just need to give the rhubarb a chance to um, survive by clearing some of that mulch off it. Uh, Oh, and we need to, yeah, just keep on removing. We've started removing like all the zucchini and tomatoes and everything that were um, submerged and we'll get the rest of them off and hopefully be able to have those plants back into it action as soon as possible.
1: Oh gosh that just sounds like a lot so I'm glad you've got willing helpers to come up and yeah help tick things off the list. Um, Chloe I need to ask about the goats because I know that in October 2022 you had to rescue them and you were kayaking around the farm with them on board. Um, How did the goats go this time around?
0: So the goats got out extra early. Um, (laughs) We um so there's a pedestrian bridge into the farm we lost road access to the farm pretty much first thing in the morning the river hit that very hard very fast um but we still had a pedestrian bridge so we got to um get them out there there was a bit of um uh goat attitude about going across that pedestrian bridge (laughs) (laughs) Um, with the river flowing so fast beneath it but yeah, we got them there and then they had a relatively dry couple of days under some big elm trees where they got fed and padded and babied by everyone. Um, we also had about 20 chickens to catch and get out um, and it's much easier to do that. Um, we, well, eventually managed to herd them all into a cage and get them out and get um, yeah, they're rehomed up at a friend's place until we can get their pen fixed. We did actually come back in the afternoon. We took the kayaks out over to the farm once we'd lost um, any any access and the waters had come up and we took the kayaks over to see if there was anything else we could possibly do over there and discovered a chicken that had managed to hide from us standing on top of a, of a shelter. <laughs> so. Yeah, we did still have to do one kayak rescue this time, but um, not as bad as the last.
1: <laughs> wow! Oh, just the thought of kayaking around your vegetables is pretty heartbreaking. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chloe, thanks so much for chatting to us. Um, is there anything else that you want to say? Um, we just
0: like I'd just like to reiterate that like these aren't one-off events; they're going to keep happening. I know so many farmers have been hit hard by this one across across the eastern states. Um, and the option can't be just to stop farming in in land that might be vulnerable to flood. I think we need to look at this as a bigger societal issue and how we can support people to keep growing because otherwise we're just not going to have, have much left to eat. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, so well said. Um, I'm so grateful to you and for and for other farmers for yeah picking up the pieces and getting roots back in the soil. Um, it's it's really, yeah, it's really moving. And yeah, I just cannot overstate <laughs> how lucky I feel that there are people like you out there. Um, yeah, just doing it. So thank you. Thank you. We're lucky to have you telling our stories, Danny. Peace.